Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, streaming live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong after a riveting weekend in uh, NBA basketball. Is, is there any actual Raptors news you want to cover? Uh, Yeah, I was trying to save that for tomorrow, to be honest. But uh, I mean, the Raptors interviewed another assistant coach. Um, they're interviewing Denver Nuggets assistant David Adelman. Yeah, next. And he has spent the past six seasons uh, with the Nuggets. He's a rising assistant in the league, per Shams, a.k.a. hashtag weirdo. Yeah. Okay, yeah, next. Uh, that's that's not as interesting. <laughs> okay, but... next. Uh, competing executives around the league don't expect the Raptors to retain Gary Trent Jr., per Bleacher Report. Yeah, I think that's... we've established we, we cannot take competing executives seriously. Yeah, uh, I'm not taking that seriously, and also... I wouldn't be too surprised um, either way. I'm more curious whether he's going to pick up his option or not. So okay. next. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, Stephen A. asking DeMar if he would have won the championship is being saved for tomorrow. Mm. So we may not talk about it. That one actually I would want to talk about. We've but the other the ones, yeah, I agree with you. There's not that much. I thought I thought there was one thing out there this weekend that was like, oh, the Raptors are a certainty to. It's definitely a no for me, dog. Yeah, no, it's all of it. It's definitely a no. Uh, certainty to what? What? Yakuproto is, is a definite Oh, right. I had this in here too. I didn't even want to mention it because yeah. it didn't feel like a news Again, item. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not that much yeah. Raptors stuff out there. So yeah. let's just talk playoffs. Let's talk poker. Let's talk uh, Let's talk hot dogs festival. Yeah, let's talk me running into you on Saturday. Oh, okay. At All right. TIFF Lightbox. Okay, so to be clear, this is our itinerary, right? Monday to Friday. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we're coworkers. We're coming to work. Yeah, best of friends from two to three. That's right. Um, yeah. Saturday and Sunday, we usually try not to hang out with each other because it's already a lot of time together. Boundaries therapy, right? Yeah. Gambu buddies. No, yeah. not not this, and not in this ba- case. Boundaries buddies. Sunday, I intentionally said I'm not going to go to poker. Not not because of you. I, oh, I just, okay, I just okay. wasn't in the right mind space. Yeah, I won't poker, take it personally. Unfortunately, yeah. Shout out to so, Anas Esmer, who doesn't want his game aired publicly. <laughs> He's like, stop talking about it on the show. That's fair, Anas. Anas Esmer of Children Ruin Everything, Rose Battle. Absolutely. Blind spot. Okay, what else do you have on the Red Oaks. IMDb page? Um, um, so you didn't go to poker. We didn't see each other, but Saturday. But Saturday, well, I was yeah. also not planning on running into you. Mm. However, I um, decided to go to see three films. At the Hot Dogs, at the Hot Dogs film festival. festival. Best festival in the city. Best film festival. Uh, it's pretty good. City. It's pretty good. It's yeah. like TIFF without the... Yeah, so I went. I, I, I went, watched a, a documentary about, you know, the history of the Black Barbie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ran into a friend of the program, uh, Erica... Yeah. And actually sat with her. Oh, that's um, cool. And then... Uh, Where were you guys sitting in the theater? Like a fourth uh, fourth row uh, from the top. So like Fourth row top. from the top. That's up pretty top. much where I was sitting. We might have been how in the same I, row. How did I not see your giant noggin with the <laughs> ponytail? Man? It's pretty recognizable. Like you're not just any Asian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, if I see your head, it's your head. No, here's the thing. I actually... I actually specifically choose to sit at a seat. Yeah. That um, doesn't block people. That doesn't have someone behind me. Cause I have oh, like a long okay. torso. I, when I'm sitting down, I look much taller than I even yeah. am. Yeah. And also I have a gigantic head. Do so you I'm sit trying... on the side? Cause you know, the side, side seats, yeah. you don't really but block people. I sat people. on the other side, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I was anyways. actually kind of thinking, I was like, maybe I'll run into you or Erica. Yeah. So we, we, I finished the movie, head downstairs and yeah. uh, there you are, you know, just by the cafe. Having a little drink. <laughs> Just enjoying a little second cup. Yeah, you know, we had part a, of the TIFF experience. We had a two-minute chat, and experience. I was like, yeah, social energy is low. Mm. Well, so you said you were rushing home to see... Uh, to watch Lakers. Lakers-Warriors. Lakers-Warriors, yeah. yeah. Which was a dud. It was, a, was it a dud? It was a dud, man. Come on, there's a lot of stories there. All right, let's start with Suns Nuggets. Mm. Last night, Phoenix winning 129-124 to even up 
the series. Mm. I'm so upset, man. I wanted the Suns team to get exposed. And I now, know you did. I'm, I'm still standing on that lie. Um, Devin Booker, 14 of 18 from the field. KD, man. 11 of 19. They both went for 36 points. The 72 points combined actually uh, was, you know, less than what they combined for in game three. When they had 86. Ridiculous. Yep. Um, Booker is now averaging 36.8 points on 62-51-87 shooting. Yeah. Through nine playoff games. Mm-hmm. I know you've only been watching the NBA for, for two decades. You you are witnessing one of the greatest individual oh. runs of all time. I hope, hope you realize that. Absolutely. Here's the thing with Devin Booker. Like, in a, in a playoff series that involves, like, Kevin Durant, it involves Nikola Jokic. Like, we're talking about MVP winners. Mm-hmm. Booker is playing better than both of those guys. I don't even care what, like, Jokic did necessarily last night. And 53. obviously, he had a great game. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's a lot of storylines about him pushing on owner, oh, we'll which is that. hilarious. We'll get to that. Save 10 minutes. No, man. like, when you watch the series, and it was the same thing in the last series as well, when, mm-hmm. you know, they were going up against Kawhi, and, and, and obviously Kawhi exited the series, and then Westbrook and stuff like that. Like, Booker just is the most aggressive player in the entire playoffs, period. And every time he touches the ball, he's looking to score, or at least he's looking to make the right play. And it's just absurd how many pull-up jumpers that he's made. Um, there was the back-to-back threes that he made just before the uh, the start of the fourth quarter uh, last night that really, I thought, gave the Suns a, a jolt of momentum. He's it, it's, it's, it's not just like that he's so aggressive, but that his efficiency somehow rises with how aggressive he is. It's like you see guys go 14 of 18 when they're going to the ba- basket like nonstop. And Booker will go to the basket occasionally as part of – his scoring diet, but he'll pull up for so many jumpers and he'll still make all of these. It's just one of the best heaters I've ever seen. Like this is even more ridiculous than some of the stuff we saw in the bubble. And then, and then we, at that time, we just kind of attributed to the fact that, okay, they're playing the bubble. They're playing in a gym. Like this is Disneyland numbers. Like, no, this is in real life. And Booker's still doing this. It, it's pretty absurd. And I thought the nuggets finally decided, okay, look, I don't even care who else is on the floor. We're just going to hard trap Devin Booker because he had 36 points through three quarters and he was making every single shot. And then I thought Booker showed the other side of his game, which a couple years ago when the Suns were really bad, you know, and they had no point guards at all. Like they were playing with like Alfred Payton or like, I don't even know some of the point guards they were playing like Archie Goodwin, like Eric mm. Bledsoe. Like they just had like really bad point guards. They let those guys kind of just stand on the side and they just let Booker play point guard. And I didn't think like Booker was that great of a point guard. However, he did have those reps. And you saw in the fourth quarter, he didn't take a, he didn't, he only took one shot. He missed it. But he didn't have any points in the fourth quarter, Devin Booker, but he had four assists on the fact that the, the Suns only made nine baskets, and Devin Booker had four assists on those. So he's just dissecting them out of, you know, on every single way possible. And, I, I mean, I don't even know what you do if you're the Nuggets. Like, a lot of this is, like, good defense. Like, you're giving up tough, contested pull-up jumpers, or at the very end, you're, you're hard-trapping him, and he's just beating every single coverage put out there. He's been so impressive throughout the entire playoffs. Yeah, I mean... I think this is one of the one of the old like you know playoff adages that you always go to like you know we can sit here and everybody goes through game by game breaking down the X's and O's but sometimes you know you look at a Jimmy Butler in the first round against Milwaukee Mm -hmm. you look Mm -hmm. at a Devin Booker right now sometimes when you just have that best player in the series clear cut and he's so in control of the game like it it, none of the other stuff really matters right like I do I do want to give credit to like you know I was giving a you know, the Suns a hard time about, like, their supporting cast. Yeah. But, like, I feel like Jock Landale has done, you know, a really good job off the bench for them. And, like, Landry Shamit last night with the 19 points and, and the five threes. Mm-hmm. Like, at least they're putting, like, guys like Shamit on the floor now. Like, just more shooters on the floor. You know, I, th- I thought TJ Warren did a really good job for them in game three. Yep. You know, had a couple of big shots. And, like, 
there's not much that I feel like Monty Williams can really tinker with with the rest of the roster right now, but he's like finding these pieces, mm-hmm. at least putting them in the best position to win. And like you mentioned, like Devin Booker's doing everything he's making. I know Kevin Durant had 36, but Durant's look like the sidekick in, oh, in yeah. these playoffs. Absolutely. Which is like insane to think about because that's Kevin Durant, man. Yeah, I know. But I think this is Devin Booker's like coming out party more mm-hmm. than anything else. I know he already went to the finals before, but like... No, this is another level. This right is now. another level that what he's going to. And I think, you know, the, the part about Monty is so funny because, yeah, I mean, clearly he's going to play two guys 40 to 45 minutes a game in Booker and KD. Um... He, I think he would probably like for DeAndre Ayton to actually join them and be a third piece, but I just don't understand what Ayton's doing. Like, Jock yeah. Lando comes hey, come in on. there. Three, three offensive rebounds on the first play yesterday. I'm, I'm cool. Like, I want to see that. <laughs> he beat, he beat the, the big male allegations for one possession. No, because Jock Lando <laughs> comes in the game. He hustles. He plays some defense. He actually gives Jokic yeah. not, like, problems because Jokic mm-hmm. is going to score through everybody. But, like, you know, he's competing. He's scrapping. He's he's connecting every play. Yeah. When you see Aiden, he's just so many plays. He's just disconnected or he's not running hard down the floor. He's not making hustle plays. Like, I don't know how Aiden expects to play, but, like, yeah. it's, it can't be just, oh, I'm going to run pick and pops and it's going to be very open and I'm going to dunk the ball and I'm going to get a chance to attack. Like, no, this is in the playoffs. Obviously, Booker and Katie are doing what they're doing. If – I'm not even kidding. If, if, if DeAndre Aiden just played with as much energy as Jock Lando and as much focus and as much humility as Jock Lando, they're going to guarantee win the series just based off of how good their stars are playing. But he continues to struggle. And then it's just like, all right, I guess we'll just cycle through whoever we have today. And it's like mm-hmm. last series was like Torrey Craig was making shots. We need wing defense. Let's put Torrey Craig in there. This series, like Landry Shaman doesn't even play that much this season. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, he's closing the game and he's actually making all these, uh, you know, wide open threes. But it's like, if it's not him, then it might Terrence Ross or something like that. But, I, you know... The easiest job in the world right now might be the fifth starter for the Phoenix Suns. You are just wide open for dunks or for corner threes. Yeah. And if you can't knock those down, then they, they will try someone else. I still think going on the road, too, like even though these guys, these two guys are putting up like 70 to 80 points a game, mm-hmm. like they're still going to need like performances like what Shamit gave them last no, night. No, like you're of still going to need that. Like the defense is going to collapse. They're going to force the ball out of their hands, all that stuff. And then I think that's why you're right, too. With weight, with Aiden, it's like if you could really know what you're getting from him every mm-hmm. game. Like, I think you would call this an even matchup. Like, despite these two games, like, I I still like Denver. Sure, I just, no, I just sure. feel like I feel like Denver's the better team. Yeah, right? I feel like Denver's the better team. But, man, once you cut this down to a best of three, mm-hmm. if you get this down to a best of one, yeah. like, man, you get Booker and, and, and Durant on that squad, like, yeah. anything goes, man. So, super impressive of, of them to get get those two wins. By the way, have you heard of the uh, the Landry Shamit curse? I've not heard so of the Landry last, Shamit. So curse, the last man. four teams, last four years, every team that has started the season with Landry Shamit has been eliminated in round two in game seven. So 2019 Sixers to the Raptors. Yeah, I remember that one. 2020 Clippers in the bubble. Mm-hmm. 2021 Nets losing to the Bucks. And last I year he was on that team. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And um, I think Nets fans forgot too. And 2022 Suns last year, you remember they were trailing by like 50. In Game Seven to to the Dallas Mavericks, he's like the anti Pat McCaws. What you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, the curse is is for real. You know, right. the only person who can break that curse is Landry Shaman himself, man. No, hit I mean, 19 points. You know, get 19 points in Game Seven, and no, you he, could do it. He, he he genuinely hit a lot of open jumpers, which to me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't understand. Like Terrence Ross can't come in and hit some open jumpers. Anymore. You said it last week, though. You're like, if you're calling on Terrence Ross, like he's not the solution. No, I agree right? with you, but like, I get at, it. At a certain point, we're I talking about like. Proven NBA shooters who are wide saying. open in the corner for shots. It's not even like these guys are super contested. Um, I think on the Nuggets side, it's been interesting watching Jokic. So okay. obviously Jokic had like 53 points. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of turning down threes. I don't understand. Like hmm. I, I feel like 
You it's know, crazy for you to say that for a guy who like scored fifty three. No, you know absolutely. what I mean. I guess I think like, <clears throat> like obviously he's so good in the lane, mm-hmm. and he's like the best in the league at it. The touch, the angles, the the, the ambidextrous nature that he's able to shoot at, like it's 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 all incredible. Mm. Um, but there's like multiple times in the game when you see the ball like pop out to Jokic and he's open, and he could just make life a lot easier if you just took that three. It's it's almost similar to me like the Booker and KD mid range problem where they just take so many mid-range jumpers and they're so good at it, but it artificially like caps how many shot uh, points they could score. Mm. As the series has gone on, the Suns have shot more threes and KD and, and Booker have obviously made more threes as, as part of that. But I feel like for Jokic, like he he pump fakes and turns down those threes all the time. We saw that late in the game where whatever, it was like the Nuggets were down four mm. and they went for a quick two instead of the three. But it's like Jokic was wide open from the three. He could have hit the three, but instead he drove it. Unfortunately, he, like, shanked a layup, which is just hilarious. It, I don't think it would have changed anything anyway, but I just think that, yeah, he's a little bit reluctant on those on those threes, and I feel like it would just be a little bit easier for everybody if he just made, like, four or five threes. I know yeah. he's capable of what's it. He, uh, what's he shooting from three this year since I'm, uh, since I'm uh, you know, analog right now? This guy's just going to ask me. But, uh, no, but, yeah. I, but I was I was going to say, too, with, with regards to the Nuggets, like, you look at how great, like, Devin Booker, Katie, like we talked about, have been, and they were right there in these two games, man. Like the game, oh, yeah. even last yeah. night, right to, to uh, down the stretch, I thought a couple of plays flipped their way, and and they 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 could have pulled it out. So even though as frustrating as it is for them to to lose these two games, you know, if if I'm Denver, I'm still feeling pretty good knowing oh. I've got the two home games. No, absolutely. The the the, the home court advantage is really going to matter. By the way, Jokic is shooting thirty eight percent. Okay, so he season, should be shooting, but he only shoots two a game. Yeah, right. But you you notice how many times he's open on those, and Maybe he always I... pump fakes and drives those. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, watching Jokic is just, like, one of the things, one of the many things that makes him unique, that mm-hmm. advanced pass where he doesn't pass it to you. He passes it to where you're supposed oh, to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's so good at that pass. Like, especially That's the, the, the cut through the lane where, like, you know, it will be a two-man game and he'll get it in the high post. And then, like, after uh, Jamal usually, who Jamal Murray, who's usually handling the ball, gives it up to Jokic. And then he cuts through. The, those passes, I feel like the Suns are, like, very clear. They're like, okay, we're going to, we're, we're drilling so that we're going to, cut off that pass and somehow Jokic still finds it through that gap I just feel like that is such an underrated part of like just playing great team basketball in general mm-hmm. and it's like Jokic and I feel like Steph and Draymond are only two other guys that really make that pass on a consistent basis but it, it's such a I don't know like the passing to like lead your man into a spot ra- rather than passing to find your man is is that's advanced basketball man that's the next level that's part that's of what makes compared. Jokic so great man no I think I think I think one of the good things, you know, for, for Denver is, especially in this series for, for Jokic in these playoffs, is like it's a lot of talk last couple of years too, especially because he was coming in with like a handicapped team and it's like, you know, people were questioning his like playoff credentials and stuff. Like he's cleared all of that. Like, yeah, in I these mean, playoffs, you know, no, like he's again, been, no offense. His one of his best players, like teammates, was, was Will Barton. <laughs> right, right. No comment. Um, so I think on the, his family, I sorry. think on the supporting yeah. cast too. We talk so much about Phoenix, the supporting cast. Like Denver needs a little more too, man. Like Michael Porter giving yeah. them like eleven points last night. Like I feel like I Porter, Michael Porter Jr. was so disappointing last night. Yeah, man. Porter is their Aiton to me. Like in terms of like, if I knew he was going to be twenty points per game, yeah. Type, then I think this series is a wrap. I thought you were saying he's his Aiton because he's six foot ten, but you never <laughs> feel like he's six foot ten. You know, I mean like, that too. When he rises to shoot and like okay you're like oh he's so tall he's able to get the separation yeah. it's it's a little kd-esque right because mm-hmm. even if he's contested you have to contest so up high mm-hmm. that he's able to get clearance but defensively for example in the fourth quarter so the nuggets what they did was they they hard trapped two people on the perimeter to get booker to pass the ball and what that led to was not just wide open corner threes but also like open layups when the big dived 
And the the low man was Michael Porter Jr. His responsibility was either to stay in the corner and sort of close out there or to help at the rim and be that third defender just coming over. And so many times, even though he's 6 of 10, he doesn't impact the play at all. The guys just go through him. He's got to be a lot stronger defensively more than anything else. I've seen like Kyle Lowry provide more resistance at six foot nothing than a guy like six foot ten who just stands there with his mm. hand. Like, no, nah, man. It, it's, yeah, I, I need more from him. And not just because he took that oh, just really difficult pull up three oh, crunch time. Yeah. But, man, this is a great series, though. I love this series. This is my favorite second round series. No, this is a great series. We're, we're entering a really good stretch of these playoffs again. Like, I feel like I got a bunch of oh. blowouts like last week, and, you know, it wasn't that great. Like, Adam Silver messed up the schedule, you know, mm-hmm. gave Suns Nuggets like six days off. But now, but now, <laughs> like, again, why did that happen? But now, every series is is two two or two one, right? And yeah. like, we're 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 set for like just great slate of games. I'm probably skipping Baltimore just to no. just so I can watch you. Yeah, man, I'm not what? missing the games. No, um, watch it. What was I gonna? <laughs> no, you can't. What? Uh, by the way, Jock Landale. Um, Hilarious name, Young Jock Landale. B ball Jock. That would be B ball sports. <laughs> If you called him B-Ball Jock, it'd literally be B-Ball Sports, uh, <laughs> which would be amazing. Um, all right. Now let's get to the uh, the incident. Oh, by the way, no, no one should be suspended for this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. We're, we're milking at least five minutes from really? this. Um, really? Yeah, so so this was in the first half. Who is it? Josh Okoge, you know, ran into to the stands mm-hmm. for, for loose balls out of bounds. Jokic ran to grab the ball. Um, to to start the other way, get maybe a five on four advantage. <laughs> hey, uh, it's the playoffs, which I is the it. Kyle Lowry move. This I, is yeah, actually yeah, the Kyle Lowry absolutely, move. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, you know, uh, mortgage broker, conglomerate, billionaire, uh, Matt Ishbia. Is that how he made his money? Was there? Um, and yeah, he what was it. Jokic kind of shoved him, gave him a little shove. I didn't think Ishbia really flopped. Like I know he he like fell back a little bit, but he did. He really he did exaggerate a little bit. But, and then what, Jokic got a technical and there's been all this talk about yeah. what he's going to get suspended. And Matt, Matt Ishbia uh, might have ran into the Jokic brothers last night because he tweeted this morning, great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. Suspending or firing anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic and don't want to see anything like that. Excited for game five. Yeah. No, Where are the Jokic brothers dangling him from a balcony <laughs> as he tweeted this? <laughs> this guy was in an uncut gem situation <laughs> Yo, last night. It was so um, no, I actually think that's actually kind of cool. What was your reaction like Like when you first saw the play? Like when you were just like, I don't, I don't you didn't care. think much of it. I don't right? think anyone in the crowd should interfere. <laughs> this like, is the difference the between me and you. This guy wants to talk about Michael Porter Jr. I want to talk about game. his outside defense. And I'm like, yo, yeah. let's spend 10 minutes on this outrage. Okay, here's the thing. So this this happens like, th- this is this is something that I feel like happens in soccer like a decent amount where like okay. the, the crowd will like interfere soccer with boys the ball, here. Whatever, yeah. right? But like the thing is that well, it's like, in this case, the crowd is like right on top of the play. Sure. If, and if, a player's coming to get the ball. Just give him the ball, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. Like, why? first of all, why was he holding the ball with one hand? Fans should not be like, involved, especially if you're the owner. Yeah. Like, just hand the ball over. Exactly. Right? Like, like fans to should fair, just Jokic not. Jokic did come over and rip the ball. Sure. It wasn't like but he was. He's, he a, he's one of the 10 players in the game playing with the ball. Yeah. Right? No, like, you, the ball you, doesn't belong to the fan. I mean, like, if you want to give people fines or whatever, fine, go ahead. But I, I really dislike this, like, letter of the law kind of situations. In, you have in to basketball. use common sense, man. It's It reminds me of, like, do you remember, like, when those members of uh, Steve Nash's sons. Oh, yeah, when Amari Sotomayor and... I think maybe Boris Yeah, I think it was Boris Diaw. They got suspended for, like, a crucial game five because their foot was off on the court, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't really... I want want 
the the that spirit was, of yo, the David Stern was forced. in his bag for that one. <laughs> <laughs> David Stern was like, "Yo, man, you don't cross the line, man. Not even one toe. You literally don't cross the line." <laughs> um, so nah, I mean, I, I think Adam in Silver. this scenario, like maybe find them, but I, I don't think Adam Silver has the like, heart to you, really do it. You talked about just now how great of a series this has been. This has been like. Yeah. incredible basketball yeah. like incredible individual performances from some of the top stars mm-hmm. in the league yep. for a series 2-2 to get determined if the if Nikola Jokic gets suspended for game 5 that would just be the most ridiculous thing yeah. like i would actually boycott this series like we'd have to come on the here game and is get just be talk in about Denver it. too man no like, like <laughs> people yeah i don't know man. nobody got nobody got, got hurt like nobody got hurt. There was no. Yeah. It didn't even impact the game outside of Jokic getting a technical. There was no which is malice. Hilarious, by the way, there that's was the no first malice. time an owner has has gotten a point for his. Yeah, team. Devin that's, Booker said after the game, incredible. he said, "Quote: He did his job over there. He got us a point." <laughs> is that his job? His job is just to sign the check. <laughs> yeah, his job is to take over for a terrible okay. owner, Robert Sarver. Yeah, Anyways, well. Jokic said, "Quote." Uh, ref said that uh, I was elbowing the fan, but the fan put his hands on me first. I thought the league is supposed to protect us. But maybe I'm wrong. So uh, this, is, this is a bunch of nothing. I'm sorry. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about MTJ's uh, Damn it, man. reluctance to wanted, come over with help th- defense. I wanted three more minutes on this, man. Uh, Talk. Well, you don't want to talk Sixers Celtics? That was a great series. I'm trying man. to save that for after the break. Man. Oh, okay. Right. What um who who do you like uh who do you like in this series now? Then now that it's two two. Oh, uh, that's a great question. I'm, yeah. <sighs> Because I know I, still, I, th- I think I still like the Nuggets just based on home court advantage. I just think that like mm-hmm. um, I, what they're four and zero right now at home. Yeah, Denver is just really really difficult to beat at home. I also think that like Denver relies a lot on its supporting cast to sort of be great. Because I don't think Jokic actually wants to do what he's done in the two games here in Phoenix where he's had to score like forty and then fifty and stuff like that. Like I don't mm-hmm. think he actually wants to do that. I think he wants to get guys connected a little bit more. Um, and that's where um. I do think that there are lots more advantages where the Nuggets can be attacking. Like, I think Aaron Gordon going at Devin Booker makes a lot of sense. Like, make him work on defense. Booker's been, like, rising to the challenge and competing on defense, but Mm -hmm. that might lead to him picking up foul trouble. Like, that might be the only way to stop Devin Booker is if you foul him out the game or something because he's just, like, that lethal as a scorer right now. I think Gordon needs to go more at Booker. I think, um, you know, there are more opportunities for uh, the Nuggets to play faster and, Mm -hmm. and maybe outrun them and that's a lot easier to do in denver um whether you want to say that's the altitude or whatever they just they just have a much more up tempo sort of style of play when they're playing there um and then also i think at the same time from the sun's perspective like they have to find a way to get a like not just involved when he's scoring but involved in like all the little aspects of the game like i i, I come away from these playoffs more impressed with like cody zeller playing for the heat than i do watching deandre aiden with his like Damn. He's just like he's just there. He's not competing at that no, level. He's, a he's very like, frustrating. You gotta like to battle for every rebound and like hustle for mm-hmm. every single sh- like screen and, and and set a firm screen and, yeah. and roll hard and run the floor hard and come over and contest whether you give up the foul or not. Like like th- that level of intensity you just don't see it from him. There's no urgency the way he plays. He's just no. Chill. He, play, he plays. I can't like, believe this man called himself dominating. It's <laughs> so plays. it's so disgusting. You're getting benched for Jock Lando right now. No, he plays like an entitled millennial man. This is the okay. this is the, the Orrin oh, Weisfeld theory. Oh brother! Oh. This is the this is the Orrin Weisfeld no, theory. Get out of here! Is that actually well, Orrin? You <laughs> you are a millennial man. By the way, um, twenty eight or something. CP three uh, is ruled out for Game Five. Earliest he can return is Game Six. Um, I, I, is that one of those situations where you're like, man, are they just better off playing with what they've got right I, now? I think so. No, no offense. Like, I, if he if he's not healthy. There's just so many ways for the Nuggets to attack him. Mm-hmm. And then also at the same time, I, I also feel like 
okay, obviously the Suns need more productive players, but I also think that if you take a lot of Chris Paul's possessions and you essentially give it to KD and Booker, they've clearly shown the ability to score 40, both of them, every single game. That's actually a win for the Suns, especially if you think about, like, the, the pick-and-roll possessions where, uh, where Devin's playing pick-and-roll with, like, Aiden or whatever. He's able to find Aiden just the same as Chris Paul is. Mm. And he's not giving up so many of the defensive shortcomings. So I actually don't – I think that's – I don't know. That's not – it's in the back of my mind. Like, I was watching the game yesterday, and I didn't think once about Chris Paul. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. No, I think that's the one thing about Devin Booker, too, is the playmaking, right? I think we always talk about these players, too, when they're, like, elite scorers. Yeah. Like, the playmaking sometimes comes last, and you can see them really growing – um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I got one more thing. Um, yeah. you notice this guy's just inventing questions. You notice campaign <laughs> and Landry Shamit um, have not been shaving during the playoffs or cutting their hair. Wait, really? <laughs> they, yeah, they've been letting themselves go. Do you know how, like in hockey? Yeah. Um, shouts to the Leafs. Apologies. Um, hey, team of destiny, baby. Leafs um, and seven. Like in in hockey, the playoff beard and yeah, stuff yeah, is like yeah. really fit. We don't really have that in basketball. But like, watch mm. it when you watch Game Five. Pay attention to to campaign and uh. Landry Shamit, they have not been grooming. Yeah, Apparently, they're doing something with that. They're just letting it roll. Yeah. That's, I mean. Meanwhile, we have, like, Fred Van Vliet shows to Fred who, like, mm-hmm. you know, gets a haircut every three days. At that's, that's typical how this goes. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, this, yeah. I, I don't I don't really think we're the ones to, to uh, qualify <laughs> to comment not, on this. Man. We're just not very well groomed <laughs> ourselves. So, uh, <laughs> why didn't you just let me go to break, <laughs> Let's see what else. Uh, did you see over the weekend? Uh, did anybody send you the photo of the uh, Asian reporter in Boston who was interviewing Grant Williams and has yes. the exact same uh, profile as you in terms of hair? Uh, speaking of facial hair, a little bit of that yeah, as well. Thick glasses. Appreciate to the eleven people who sent that to me on Instagram. Okay. I had to see that photo nonstop this weekend. Here's the thing. And then see you in person. Yeah. On Saturday. Here's the thing with that. Um, yeah. So, Raptors fans will remember the back-to-back games we lost in Boston. Yeah. Right. The first game where we struggled to score like 80 points. The second, yeah, the second game where one we struggled. Was, to it was dis- 82 to uh, 61 one- to 29 at one point. I'll never forget that one. When our guy Will yeah. Barnes soared to the basket for yeah, the dunk. That's right. Um, when the Raptors <laughs> went right to there. Boston. Yeah. Okay, Savannah Hamilton, friend of the program, right. was obviously with the team as she as she does, mm. and she excitedly sent me some photos of this man in real life because he's just like a reporter out there, and she's like, "Look, it's your it's your it's your Celtics twin." So can we make that connection? We need to find his name, get well, him on the show, or maybe bring him on the show, or maybe when we see him next year, um, you know, if he if he's traveling with the team, like you know, she yeah. get a photo up or my, something. My my only um my only opposition to that point. Mm. Is uh, he he does have a lot more facial hair than I do. <laughs> okay, he's got like full coverage. I thought you, on his you head. I thought you were gonna be like for Asian Heritage Month, we shouldn't push this narrative oh, no, of, I, I don't of care. two I, Asians I, looking I, alike. I really don't care. This is this is done in good spirits. I, I approve of. All that right, happy Asian Heritage Month to uh, to him. Yeah, <laughs> to to Boston Will Lou. Clam Chowder Will Lou. We don't even have his name. We're calling him Clam Chowder Will Lou. Right no now. man, yeah, first of all, Clam Chowder kind of elite. Honestly, yeah, it's up there. Yeah, should have that at the Chinese buffets. Clam chowder is basically a Chinese dish when you really think about really? it. Really? What's Chinese about it? It's got a lot of seafood and it's really, it's really hot. It's got a lot of seafood. That's all you needed. <laughs> By the way, why did we invent imitation crab? I said this on the banter <laughs> pod. But why oh, imitation man. crab? Anyways, don't try this at home. Take a break. <laughs> let's let's go. All right. We're going to take that break. I've been your host, Willu. That's Alex Wan. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. When we come back, we will talk about Sixers versus the Celtics.
Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connect Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Malou. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. We are going to talk about the other game that took place yesterday, the Celtics. I wouldn't say they choked, really, because, like, the Sixers led most of the game. But it very much felt like the, uh, the Celtics choked as uh, the Sixers even the series 2-2. James Harden with yet another game-clinching three, just like he did in game one, knocked one down Oh, yeah, he's, well. he's won two games and lost two games for them. That's yeah, in this series, that's been incredible. Yeah, this is a this has also been a good series, a really really good series. Um, but first, you were yelling at me during the break because oh. we have our pickup basketball run on Tuesday. Yes. You know, shouts to Trevor, shouts to Mike, shouts to Vic, and everybody there. Yeah. And the the run is at nine thirty in the evening. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow is two pivotal game fives. Yeah. Uh, this series, uh, Sixers Celtics at seven thirty. And then Suns Nuggets at 10. So if we go hoop from 9.30 to 11, going to miss the end of the first game and the start of the second game. But we only run once a week. I know, but I don't know. People got to let, let let us know, man. Am I missing, in the right? Yo, I am skipping playing, playing basketball, basketball to watch basketball. No. This is the best you basketball. You can watch basketball on delay. This, no. No, you, you can't. Basketball is one of the few things you, you have to watch live. You have to eat it fresh, huh? You have to. Succession, you know, play poker yesterday. Came on, watch Succession at four in the morning. <laughs> like a nice dessert. Live, that was my Uber Eats, man. Um, anyways. This guy probably did have Uber we Eats. We are going to get, um, you know, the Boston Will Lou. Um, you know, uh, you know Jennifer Olnick um, has secured the, the footage. So hopefully maybe today or even tomorrow we'll, we'll be able to get it, get it on, on the screen. Mm. For people watching visually. All right. And we're going to track down Boston Will Lou. That is our... I mean, people are going to say we look alike, especially because at the end of the arena, <laughs> you and I, who don't even look alike, get confused for each other all the time. So, Anyways, yeah. Sixers Celtics, like you mentioned, huge game from James Harden. Mm-hmm. 42 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. You know, the Sixers were, you know, leading pretty much the entire game. Celtics made a comeback there yep. in the fourth quarter. And, you know, there was that little nervous murmur through that Philly crowd that can only come with a fan base that's had their heart broken over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like that energy when it's there in that building, <laughs> that's a one of a kind energy. Yeah. Like, no, no and listen, I, I think for the Sixers, I don't think they even nef- necessarily had that great of expectations coming against Boston. Cause Boston is just like consistently stole games like that from the Sixers, like even historically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so there is that sort of feeling throughout. And of course, when, um, the Sixers were making all their shots. James Harden was hitting all sorts of threes, and they were, they were playing great, but they just couldn't put away the Celtics. The Celtics were just there. Malcolm Brogdon would hit a couple of threes. Al Horford hit a couple of threes. Jason Tatum, who only had one basket like with like the last two possessions of the first half. Yeah, he started over. He, he made eight. one pull-up jumper. Yeah, started over. He was, he was literally doing nothing, and then he really came on strong in the second half, but like still they were down. But then, of course, they used that 17-4 push 
to briefly take the lead, Al Horford is just like stuffing Joel Embiid <laughs> nonstop, like he's a turducken or something. <laughs> and then like you, and then you had Al Horford dunking on the other end With and doing shimmy. a shimmy, which is just wild. I've seen, I've, I've watched Al Horford since you know yeah. he, he was teammates with Bill Russell. Like yeah. I've never seen him act like that before. Yo, Why have Al you ever seen Al Horford do a shimmy? Al Horford been on VHS, Laserdisc, DVD. <laughs> <laughs> like Blu-ray, streaming, Disney Plus, Hulu. He's been on. You've seen Al Horford across every channel, man. Yo, legit, No, I, I tried to tell you, though. Al Horford actually low-key, one of the best trash talker guys in the league. I, I guess, but what Remember else Remember last he... year when he dunked on Giannis and just walked over him? Well, that's because Giannis that? did that to him of first. Of course, of course. But it's yeah. like, I feel like Al Horford, I don't know what it is about him. I, I don't want to describe him as, like, annoying. But, like, I feel like he's got some kind of, like, the way he carries himself can really get under your skin. Sure, sure, because he really comes across as a gentleman. But, yes, but, yeah. but then he's not. And then he does that. Remember, he does that, like, fake hitch thing, like, you know, when people shoot free throws. <laughs> the fake, like, what, like he's, like, he's a troll, man. I haven't seen him shoot a free throw since 2010. Can we classify him as a troll? Even his shooting form yeah. is a troll. Sure, man. for sure. Like, but he was trolling Embiid. He, he was amazing. He blocked him three times he was in the amazing. fourth quarter. Yeah. He was hitting big shots. And the Celtics mm. were in prime position, up five, with, like, two minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you got to give this, the other side a ton of credit. Like, I thought uh, P.J. Tucker obviously took an air ball from Tobias Harris. And oh, yeah, he got the three-point play. Then you had James Harden making a really difficult runner in the lane, super contested, mm-hmm. the exact kind of shots he wasn't making. Where was this James Harden in game three? Like, I, I, I know we scrutinize these guys game to game, sure, yeah. but the variance from James Harden in this series no, has no been sense, man. baffling no to me. Like, in game three, like, there were times when he was driving to the basket and just passing up those open floaters. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't... I actually just don't get it. Yeah. Like, I actually don't get it. Well, I also think that, like, low-key, you think Doc actually did a lot of great coaching in this one. Um, So, I think he figured out towards the end of the game that, like, okay, this is how we're going to attack. It's not really an Embiid-led performance here. So, we're going to mostly put the ball in Harden's hands. And the way they were going to attack was that, so, they would typically have Harden being guarded by, I don't know, Jalen Brown or one of the tougher wing players on the Celtics, right? And what Harden really wants to do is to pick on mismatches. We saw this against the Raptors when they beat us in last year's playoff series in six games. You saw that they would run a small, small pick and roll. I, I, I don't know why I'm Joe Wolf on today, but I am. All <laughs> yeah, right, listen to Pound he the calls Rock. it guard, guard, pick and roll. So get the, get okay, the terminology. Fine. Guard, right guard, now. pick and roll. So Subscribe he, to Pound the Rock. So he would get that uh, screen from Tyrese Maxey to, to, uh, to get, or whoever it was, essentially to get Malcolm Brogdon switched on to... Uh, Harden, and then he would run the pick and roll with Joel Embiid, but he would run that first pick and roll because the Celtics really love to switch everything. So first off, I think one of the adjustments with the Celtics is maybe just don't switch that as much, especially at the end of the game. Um, but he would mostly try to attack Malcolm Brogdon, and I thought that that actually allowed the Sixers to get into a little bit better f- flow and rhythm um, momentum-wise you know, down the stretch. I also think that, like, yeah, I mean, part of that is it, it was it was so hard and focused because Embiid was just turning down shots. He would catch it in the spots that he would typically get it, right? Mm. Mid-range, around the elbow, even pick and pop uh, for threes, and he would be open for a brief second, and he just wouldn't shoot. That's what really allowed the Celtics to really converge on him. And then when Embiid went into his move, five, six seconds left in the shot clock, he didn't really have much chance other than to, like, actually shoot the ball, and that's where Horford was able to sort of catch up with him. I also think Embiid's, like, fitness and his endurance, mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's dealing with a knee issue. We've seen this over and over again in the playoffs. He oh, gets yeah. really tired at the end of the game. You could just tell, like, it's just like him just, like, always grabbing, you know, at his shorts. Like, you can see just from the body language. Yeah. He's, like, exhausted. No, he looks like the sword of asshole makes him miserable. Like, <laughs> there's something so, like, just, I don't know, about Yo, watching no, Embiid No, I straight up, I straight up yeah. wrote in the rundowns, like, Joel Embiid, 34 points, 13 rebounds. I really 
hate watching him play basketball. Yo, there was a there was a call that he got in <laughs> overtime too, where he like jumped like diagonally across the lane. Oh yeah, and it was like against a guard, and then he got the foul call. And I was just like, honestly, you know, the problem is too, like this, he's, this series is so bad for foul grifting. It's just disgusting. He's to wearing watch. he's wearing that he's wearing that brace that's like hidden underneath like the sleeve on sure, his on his yeah. on his knee, right? And you know, clearly he's playing injured. But the thing I'm noticing too is like, you know, we know Embiid always like has these like crazy falls or like landings as we saw. He like stomped out Grant Williams' whole face in game Yo, three. Yo, I don't know how Grant Williams is actually still <laughs> yeah. okay. Like, Did you watch Dragon Ball growing up or no? This Dragon was when, Ball or Dragon Ball Z? Z. This, was when, this was when Perfect Cell stomped on Android 16. Man. <laughs> oh, man. You remember wow, that iconic scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose it is like that. That's Damn. when Gohan went Super Saiyan 2, man. Spoilers. Um, But... <laughs> No, but I noticed yesterday too, even in fourth quarter overtimes, every time he gets fouled, he has to land in a way where he doesn't put anything, any pressure on his knee. Yeah. So it's like causing him to do all these awkward falls. And that's but what... he would do that anyway. I that's know, the but they're extra awkward now. Yeah. Now he's trying to like land on his butt and stuff. Like like the, the landings, I'm actually fascinated at watching. No, there's, there's that <laughs> aspect. There's also James Harden like, you know, doing his foul baiting stuff. And then there's oh, yeah. also but Marcus that's James Smart. Is, that's James's game, though. But there's then there's Marcus Smart on top of all of that in a oh, series yeah. that also features like just the Sixers in general. But then yeah. you also have Marcus Smart, who yeah. I don't know how that wasn't ruled uh, a blocking foul because you know originally that was a play late in the game. Uh, Marcus slid over and and bumped Joel Embiid. And and listen, like I understand that you don't have to be fully set. You know, his mm-hmm. feet were, were out of the circle. He's moving out of the circle, but it's more about where your chest is. Like that. So if your legs are slightly moving, that's okay. I get it. If you're square, all that kind of stuff. But, like, I think for me, fundamentally, Smart is moving into the momentum of a Joel Embiid when he drove on that play. And then he, like, that's where the contact was. Smart was moving towards the, 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 the attacking player. That should be a blocking foul. They even went reviewed it, and they still. I think even Steve Jabby was like, "Yeah, this is this is a. I, I hate to disagree with the the crew here." And he rarely disagrees with the <laughs> he's crew. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm just here to. <laughs> you know, ja- you know, Jabby's a company man, man. He a zebra man. <laughs> zebra Steve. <laughs> no, he legitimately a Madagascar character. All right, and then, and then he's like, "Yeah, for the first time in my life, I'm going to disagree with the the crew there." <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, like that was a blocking foul. But like, there's also the smart flopping. There's also I thought in the end of the game, yeah, it happened on both sides where because they're running so many guard guard pick and rolls. Okay, mm. they would just like guys would just fall over on the screen mm. like they will just sell like the little push because typically there is a little yeah. bit of a push but the problem is they're encouraged to do that because they do get the like calls smart on sold it. it once i think tucker might have done yeah. it too it's just like ugh. well you saw Stuff i mean is nasty i mean when tatum hit that shot too at the end of the game i mean yeah. he pushed off on 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 maxi that was actually a proper but that's what that was actually a proper foul I that's what like. he does yeah that's him he talks he, that's him he, 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 he does the off arm that's I'm what sorry. i do i push the, in addition to the bubble being miserable because yeah. we were in the middle of the pandemic yeah. i also have to watch jason Tatum push off yo, every yo, game yo you know during the pandemic, that. during the bubble that's when me and you look like campaign and landry shannon right yeah. right now uh, well, that's, that's gonna be uh, we were we were following the rules please we, don't we pull up those youtube episodes oh man those looks are tough no but um, jason tatum was always pushing i don't off. mind the grifting though like i know people complain about it like about Embiid, about harden about marcus smart but like you've watched these players for so many years this is just their place this is how they are but this yeah, is really just how they I are know, though i know like, at least, I, at least there's floppers on both sides that kind of like evens it out. <laughs> so it evens but up. actually just makes the viewing experience even worse yeah. as a casual fan. Anyways, huge three there from Harden at the end. So like Tatum was guarding and bead and then Jalen Brown helped out, you know, yeah. he, he came to double team, uh, which was, I don't know. That was kind of weird to me. 
okay, this is my problem with the yeah. play. So what the Sixers really wanted to do was put their two best players isolated on one side of the floor. Mm-hmm. If you notice the spacing for the rest of the three guys, they're yeah. like standing on top yeah. of each other in the other corner. And Celtics are up two at this point. Celtics are up two yeah. in overtime. Mm-hmm. Tatum had just made the pull-up three. Yeah. And so in that scenario, they had Harden. They were going to run a pick and roll, but there was no real point in doing that. So they just gave the ball to Embiid, who had Tatum on him. That was already a bit of a mismatch in the first place. And then Harden camped out in the corner. Mm -hmm. So they gave Embiid the most possible space they could have. Now, the thing is, when Embiid's working his way towards the middle, um, that's where it was a prime opportunity for the Celtics to help off of those three guys standing top of each other. Because it makes it so easy for two defenders to just zone up on those three guys. Right, mm-hmm. and also Peter Tucker's over there. You know he doesn't want to shoot. <laughs> Whoever's guarding Peter Tucker's, that man had to come over and, and double Embiid, yeah. hard double Embiid. Yeah. All right, or, or, would, he could have done done it from either angle, what, yeah. whatever scenario. That's what it should but have happened. Jalen Brown comes in from the strong side and the just leaves hard thing, and open. The last thing yeah. that someone should have done was help off the three. Like this is even if we play basketball tomorrow, which you yeah. know you should be coming. Um, but like, I'm not. Yeah, we would know. Okay, it's like okay. The, the, the yeah, team yeah. is up at t- to eight points. We played to 11. Like, no threes. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. No threes, right? Yeah. And so you know it's essentially what you're supposed to give up there. Even if, worst-case scenario, Joel Embiid takes Tatum, Jason Tatum into the post, hits a turnaround jumper, which is going to be fairly contested, yeah. and he was pretty exhausted at that point. Like, even if he made that jumper, it's still tie game with the clock in, in your favor. You still have a possession left with plenty of time. Yeah. Right? Plenty of time, plenty of timeouts, but not that it would matter if you have Joe Mazzula For as sure. your head coach. I'm putting Mazzula on Fugazi watch, but by the to way. Me, this is all, this is just Jalen Brown's fault. Like he should yes, not have done course. that. And Jalen Brown did take a, a accountability afterwards and said, sure. "This is my bad." Sure. But like the last thing anyone on defense on yeah. that, all those five sides for the Celtics should have done is come over. On, but that's, on Joel but, but that's the that's the thing about the Celtics is like on paper we've talked about they're the best team in the East. You know, look at this matchup and you're yeah. like, yo, they should take care of Philly, especially with Embiid injured and Harden mm-hmm. being good, like every other game type. But it's like those little things, right? Unfortunately, little they're an unserious team. No, like, but it's like the, the, exactly to that play. Like that play, the difference in that play could have had you up 3-1 and you could have wrapped up this series yes. tomorrow. And I would have been hooping if it was a 3-1 series. So wow. um, Joe Mazzula, though, here, yeah. here's the problem I got with him. It's like, you know, all His year, cheese? <laughs> all year, you know, the, uh, the you know, the, the Celtics media, which is also the national media mm-hmm. overlap mm-hmm. was like, you know, Joe Mazzula is doing this thing where he's letting, you know, empowering his players, you know, letting them play through, not calling timeouts. This happened in the, the Celtics Knicks game where they lost. Right. Like no timeouts, all this stuff. Right. Um, so then yesterday, um, they were also hyping this up towards, I think, the, the, the end of overtime in that the Sixers were out of timeouts and the Celtics had two left at mm-hmm. one point, either in a regulation or in overtime. I remember like Mark Jones. By the way, Mark Jones dropped a 21. Can you do something for me? And what was it for? And B. Oh. Because <laughs> he was. T- I actually, I had to rock with that one. Nah, I, I had to, I had to rock with I know that you love that I still joke. haven't listened to that song, course, by the way. Of course you love that joke. Man. I still haven't listened to that song. Nah. Anyways. Uh, I've already beefed enough with Mark Jones. I'm good. So, Missoula, they're yeah. like, oh, Missoula is a genius because he always keeps two timeouts in his pocket. So he has it, and Doc is out of timeouts. And then, of course, at the end of regulation, when it's tied, he doesn't call a timeout on that last possession. And Marcus Smart gets off that three that he misses. I don't mind that shot. That was That's a good shot. Fine. But, yeah. like, 17 seconds left. I think around 17 seconds left after Harden hits that three, right? Yeah. They got the two timeouts. They don't use it. And then they run this play that takes the entire clock up, more than the entire clock up. <laughs> Jason Tatum drives to the basket. Yeah. I think Embiid's there. So he, then he, he has to kick a short- out pull-up jumper on the base. Sure. Like, if, if he was really a Kobe yeah. disciple, he would have taken that shot. But he does, like, this, like, crazy wraparound pass, like, all the way to, to Smart. Smart hits the three, but obviously it's way late. Yeah, this guy was playing dump and chase. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is, like, 
My thing is, like, there's letting guys play and, like, oh, maybe you don't want the Sixers to switch, you know, have a timeout, drop their defense, bring in personnel, all that stuff. I get it. But 17 seconds left down one. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get at least two chances at this. Like, I'm trying to go quick. And if I don't, then I play the foul game and try to get another one because I got two timeouts. Okay, so it really depends on if you trust your 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 like your personality. Sure. Right? Like if if it was Nick Nurse with Kyle Lowry out there and mm-hmm. Kawhi's out there, I trust them to execute a play. I I would still call a timeout though. The reason I okay, do so, your job as, as a coach, that's your job. So I think what they really wanted to do is they didn't want the defensive switch, right? I think sure. Melton could have come in for Maxi. Right, and, and that could have put more size on the floor. Um, and they were mostly looking to attack Maxi. I think that's why Smart was involved in so many of these big mm-hmm. plays there because I think that was his man. You you switch it, you 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 screen evolving Marcus Smart. You bring Tyrese Maxi into the play, and then you know if two defenders out to go to Tatum or Brown or whatever, it's mostly Tatum because I didn't I didn't even see Brown have the ball. If two guys go to Tatum, then then you know you've now done your job. Smart had a wide open three. He could have made it at the end of regulation. He didn't make it because mm-hmm. it wasn't the bubble against the Raptors. And then you know in this one in overtime, first off, once the play was happening, I was already thinking like this is taking way too long to develop mm-hmm. because this is not a scenario where you want to run the clock down. The game's not tied. You're down. Yeah. So you want to take a shot ideally with like four seconds left. Like three to four yeah. seconds left. Offensive rebound and then you chances. Have a chance for an offensive rebound. Foul if you miss. If you miss foul yeah. and you have a timeout, advance the ball. Get another shot. All of that, right? So the play was taking way too long to develop. Yeah. Also, you brought a double drag into the scenario. You don't need a double drag. You just need one screen. Mm. All right. After all that stuff, I think Tatum still had a chance to pull up on the mid-range baseline, but that's not a great shot in that scenario. However, that would have been the shot to take in retrospect. The kicking it out to smart and all that stuff, I think it's just a microcosm of the fact that, like, you can't necessarily trust the, the, your players to run that kind of action if they don't show you that they're trustworthy. And that's where you, you as a coach, needs to be able to just to make the timeout. That's the same thing we killed Bud for, by the way. But this is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. If Bud did this in this exact scenario, and, yeah. and, like, he did some of this by, like, forgetting to call a timeout yep. at the end of the Heat game in Game 5, like, we skewered him. Everybody skewered him. But literally got fired for Yes. This. Like, we skewered him. How is Joe Mazzula getting away all this? And it's being positioned as, like, he's empowering his players. No, you made a mistake. Like, he made a huge mistake yesterday. Yeah. Not calling that timeout. That mistake was as big as Jalen Brown helping off James Harden. Like, you didn't give your team sure. a chance to at least have two shots at, at trying to get the win. Yeah, no, I, I think that's for me the the big takeaway from these playoffs, and I've been keep I keep picking Boston, um, and I was right to pick Boston in Game Three at least, but mm-hmm. like, I, I just I think to me it's just like they don't they don't have that like trustworthiness where in in tight moments is their decision making flawless, mm-hmm. and I don't see that from them. I see that from the Miami Heat. Yep, I see that honestly from both the Lakers and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I see that from both the Nuggets and the Suns, right? But I don't see that from the the Celtics, and that's for me that's kind of disappointing because. This team has enough talent to like really make a hard push mm-hmm. and win it all. You, I would argue they're the most talented team left in the playoffs right now. But that level of immaturity, coupled with the fact that their coach is also like, I mean, their coach is younger than Al Horford. Like, <laughs> there's just certain things that I'm just not really seeing from them. That that cutting edge to really closing in. Yo, like they they should. They, there's a real chance the Celtics should be just done right now. They should be up. They should. They could be up they could, four they, nothing yeah, in the series. They could have swept. Could, they could be chilling at home. Yeah. tons of rest, but they're not. I could have hooped you, tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, Joe, Mazzula, Joe Mazzula cost me a hoop run, man. I'm just saying I'm, I'm putting Joe Mazzula on Fugazi watch. All right, right fair, fair. Uh, we've secured the, the Boston Willow footage, but, but we're going to get to it tomorrow. Let's get to it. Okay. Let's get to it tomorrow. Cause uh, now it's time for between the lines mm. brought to you by bet rivers. It's a whole new game. Two games tonight. 
will the Miami Heat are four and a half point favorites at home. They're up 2-1, looking to go up 3-1. And the Lakers also looking to go up 3-1 against the Warriors. They are minus three point favorites. Um, Hmm. Who do you like in these two games? Scott Foster has been assigned to the Lakers-Warriors game. I mean... I, I, I don't really care about the Scott Foster thing unless Chris Paul's involved, so oh I, I'm, I'm cool with that one. How's uh, Scott Foster making a deeper playoff run than CP? I guess that's happened before. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one of the <laughs> best. Of, he's one of the lead officials. Like he's gonna be there. <laughs> he's gonna be there no matter what. Um, I think I think the Heat take it. I think the Heat look to me like the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jimmy coming back and looking fresh. By the way, I, I'm really enjoying Jimmy. Like being an alpha. He's just at the at the start of the game at the end of the game. He's gonna just take over and dominate in the middle of the game. You'll chill. He'll It'll spin be like the ball in the middle. Obi Toppin goes out of bounds. Him and Kevin Love are like wiping the floor. Yeah, just alpha stuff. He's being an alpha. He's like psychologically like no, he, he crushing. Just, the he Knicks. just makes like super tough shots too. I feel like yeah. that's really demoralizing. <laughs> in the middle of the this game, is though, really the difference between me. there's a lot of Kyle Lowry running pick and roll with Cody Zeller, and oh, okay. it works. Like yeah. that's how I know the Knicks are really down bad. So I, I, I I'm pretty confident in taking the Miami yeah. Heat. Um, I think on the other side, I it's so hard to predict that series. I think what we we had so many like expectations for, it, but it's just been blowouts. Oh, you're talking about Lakers Warriors, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I I think the Warriors will make adjustments. I, I think Steve Kerr has been shown to to be pretty clever at those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that maybe over the balance of that series, I think the Lakers are probably the better team to me. I just um, I just I wonder how that, many times the Warriors can get off off the mat with this roster. Because uh, they got off off the mat so many times against Sacramento. They, every single time. They did it in game two, you know, in yeah. this series. Like, I wonder at what point is, is that gonna finally break? No, this is this is Pretty much a must win for the Warriors, and I really do see them sort of taking man, it. Man, I think it's a case. must. I think it's a must win for the Lakers, man. I hear that. I, I think they. Got, I think they got to go up three one here. Like if it's two two. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I mean, I'll tell you what. I'm definitely not hooping tonight. I'm watching these two games. <laughs> uh, okay, who do you like for Lakers? Let's go with Lakers Warriors. Lakers minus three. Who do you like? I, I, I like. Oh man, I, I think I like the Warriors to win. To be honest, so I'll just take the take, Warriors. Okay, I'm gonna take the Lakers um, minus three. Wow, we actually uh, disagree on one of these. Yeah, that was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You know who else hasn't been shaving? I was thinking we're talking about campaign and Landry Shamit. Who? James Harden. Yeah. That's different. All right. Man. See you later, man. <laughs> That's different, man. I don't know what energy you came in with today, man. This yo, why, yo, the well, energy. This is what happens so when you play until poker until two a.m. The and then come home and watch so successions, funny. man. This guy's like, yo, I love Jimmy Butler for taking the hard shots. I'm like, I love him spinning the ball in Julius Randle's face. Yeah. Well, this is how we watch hoop, man. That's you're right. There's this two different approaches, and both are valid. Anyway, that does the rest today. I've been your host, Willow, and you're listening to the Raptors Show on the Sports Radio Network. Uh, thanks once again, our producer and co-host Alex Wong for bringing all that facial hair analysis. Our board producer Derek Brandown, Jennifer Rolnick for helping with the YouTube uh, or the behind the scenes, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'm your host. Will-